Good day, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Be Our Guest. I am, as always, your host, John Paul Yovanoff, and I am so excited to have you all back listening today. Uh, we've got two fantastic interviews coming up. First, we're going to be talking with Paul Boyd once again. We spoke with him about six, seven months ago when he was working on his show, Peter Pan, and now it's time to catch up as it is going into rehearsals and going up in about a month. And then after that, we've got a interview with Billy Reese. While I was down in New York, uh, we were on location doing a little bit of interviewing down there. So first up, uh, we're going to be listening to Paul Boyd. Enjoy. Good day, everybody. It's welcome back to Be Our Guest here on Musical Theatre Radio. I am, as always, your host, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. And on the line today, we have a special guest once again, returning for all the way from across the pond. We've got Paul Boyd. Paul, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. It's very good to be here again. Ah, oh, it's great to hear from you because it's been, a, I don't know, a bunch of months i don't know three four months something like that yeah i think it's even more i think it's more i think it was i think there was good weather last time we spoke (laughs) how long ago it was (laughs) it has been a while Uh, i'd love to know what's going on i'm I'm reading on twitter let's start with the the most obvious one thank you for taking time out because i'm reading on twitter you're moving yeah, well, I mean, yeah, this is one of those times when your personal life kind of gets involved in your work life. So yeah. I've, got, I've got loads of stuff going on and I'm moving house at the moment. Oh, so um, I'm very grateful this isn't a video yeah. um, because it's not very picturesque, but I'm surrounded by boxes and a sleeping dog and it's oh, damp wow. and wet outside and all of that. So yes, I'm moving house at the moment. So this wow. is my last call from this house. Well, thank you for taking time out because, yeah, I'm looking at your Twitter and you're you're doing everything in the next few weeks. Um, yeah, everything we start. We, well, I mean, the main thing is we start rehearsals for um, my my new musical in a couple of weeks' time over in Belfast, yes. in Northern Ireland, where I'm originally from. Um, the National Theatre in Northern Ireland is the Lyric Theatre in Belfast, and I've been commissioned by them. So the rehearsals for the new musical of Peter Pan start, um, I think, on the twenty eighth of October, which is only a bunch of weeks away. Yeah. And um, before that, um, the ensemble rehearsals. So we've got a, we've got a bunch of young people in the show who are playing various characters and lost boys and what have you in you know that great adventure story. They are rehearsing for a few weeks prior to the main rehearsal starting. So I've got to get that kicked off. And mm-hmm. um, I think next weekend that begins. So you know Christmas is coming around very quickly. Yeah, you're you're it's going to be nonstop until because how how long does Peter Pan run for? It runs from the, uh, we open at the end of November, 29th of November, and it runs okay. through to, I think, 4th of January. So it's got a good sort of five, six week um, nice. run there. So you, yeah, the rest of your year is just going to be go, go, go. Yeah, crazy. that's it. Between now and Christmas Day, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because so, <laughs> the last time I, we spoke, you, I think we were just in the middle of writing Peter Pan or or at that point or something, I was looking back and, and you were still working on drafts, I think at that. Yeah. Point. Yeah. I mean, I definitely would have been, I think uh, probably not even halfway through when we spoke wow. before. Um, <laughs> so I know it's crazy, isn't it? So I finished writing it. Um, thankfully I finished writing it um, about three weeks ago. 
Mm-hmm. And I got all of the scripts and the scores and everything submitted and what have you. And that's now gone out to the various design teams and the casts and what have you. Um, uh, which means that I am free now to move house and do all of those things <laughs> that you need to do. Because all too often these things um, happen while you're still writing. And you're sort of sitting in the yeah. back of a car with a laptop while you're traveling. So it has all worked out, Touchwood, very nicely this time in terms of getting the show done, getting it to a stage I'm very happy to go into rehearsals with. Cool. Um, uh, and then giving me these two or three weeks to kind of do do all my own stuff before we actually kick off. Great. And, and so it's all cast and everything I see, and it's all ready to go. Um, yeah, and do you know what? We're really pretty, We've got such a strong cast um, in the show this year. You know, I'm, I'm not going to you know give you lists of names or anything, no. but we've got people coming over from the West End. I've got um, people I've worked with on shows before, um, I've got people coming over who worked at the Globe. I've, you know, it's just a fantastic cast. And the great thing about working at the Lyric in Belfast is that it can attract that standard of cast. Mm-hmm. Um, a vast majority, I mean, we've got eight principal characters in the show. And I think off the top of my head, at least four or five of them are Northern Irish, at least wow. in or in, at least in origin. I mean, yep. a lot of them now live here in London and work mm-hmm. here in London, but there's a real flavor of, um, of sort of Northern Ireland uh, people and performers in the show coming back and, you know, and passing on that legacy. Very cool. Very cool. So uh, I do have a question. So when, when the um, show was getting cast, how involved do you as a creator in that process with the auditions and the casting itself? Oh, it's all me. It's all me because, okay. of course, I'm I'm directing the show as oh, well. Oh, I didn't know so, that. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I just I just swap hats, and um, oh, okay. Uh, it's funny in rehearsals because sometimes I'm rehearsing something and I think, who wrote this? You know, get can somebody, <laughs> please get the writer on the line. Uh, no, no. So it's it's kind of good. I mean, I have done contracts before where I've been the writer and not the director, mm. um, and you get to sit in on the auditions and you're asked your opinion and and, and you get a little bit of input. But on yeah. a show like this, which I'm, I'm, you know, these three, this sort of three week gap I have between completing the writing and starting rehearsals is the time that I decompress from one job and okay. start rereading the script from scratch, but with a different set of eyes, if you like. I'm looking at it now as a director and thinking, oh, what was he thinking? I, you know, how do I do that? <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize. And that, that just tells me you're twice as busy. Now that's incredible. And yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. It's going to be good fun. So, okay, now knowing this, do you look at your script and do you, do you ever change it? now that you're a director because once you get into rehearsals you're like oh that that isn't working how i thought are you going to change it or are you going to what are you going to do no definitely i mean the, the the nice thing about directing and particularly directing the first production i mean this is a premiere so the first mm. production of a show is that it's certainly to me the directing is an extension of the writing period so the nice thing is i get to go in we've got well i'm i call it the rehearsal draft we go in with that on day one but I've got such a great cast, such a great creative team that there will be other things come up in rehearsals. We'll try out some stuff. There'll be the odd line change here and there. You know, we might yeah. even, you know, I'm quite happy to swap songs around, see whatever feels right. There's only so much you can imagine in advance on oh, a blank sure. piece of paper, you know. So, And I happen to know the writer of the show and he's very amenable <laughs> to that kind of, you know, he doesn't charge very much for the rewrites. So we're all right. <laughs> Do you have anything, uh, I guess you've, you're going to be doing this for, for a while. Um, once you're done, are you going to decompress some or are you just going to jump right back into uh, writing? Well, I'm actually 
I, I'm jumping straight back in almost. I mean, I, um, once December comes and um, and the show is up and running, I'm mm. actually staying over in um, Northern Ireland for the month of December, right up to Christmas. A, because I've got family over there. And yeah. my husband actually it will be appearing in the show. So the whole, oh, wow. the whole family will be, you know, in <laughs> Northern Ireland for Christmas. But in addition to that, um, I will be writing a show that is touring from next September the director of which happens to live in Northern Ireland so I get to use December to actually get started on the new play and have some very early basic meetings with the director and that and so we get a kind of joint vision before I come back to London and actually start putting pen to paper okay so so it's just rolls from one thing into the next and, and yeah i mean it doesn't always happen like that no. it happens it's happening this time because this next play is due to start touring in september so i've you know if i start in the new year that gives me kind of nine months yeah. to sort of get some drafts done we'll do a bit of research and development and and a few sort of get some actors in a room at some point and before we go into rehearsals for that properly is it a musical or is it just a straight play um, it's going to be um, it, on paper. It is a play, but mm-hmm. there are songs in it um, okay. because it's uh, it's actually a play set during the Second World War, and cool. um, so there are a lot of songs from that era that punctuate the show. So it's, there'll be a lot of music in the show, but I'm not. I won't be writing anything original for it. But I've got to work out how to place the songs of the era to make the play work. Okay. Well, I just want to go back for a second. You, you said your husband's in the show. He is, yes. yes. Um, my husband's an actor. Uh, in fact, we met many years ago um, in the in the business, um, and I haven't actually managed to get him into a show that <laughs> I. We haven't worked on the same show for about five years. He's okay. always busy doing things. Um, in fact, he was. Um, I mean, last Christmas he was off in um, Minneapolis. He spent all wow. of uh, yeah. He spent all of Christmas. Um, enjoying the kind of weather you're probably used to. <laughs> no, Minneapolis is much worse than where I am. Oh my goodness! Oh. I mean, it was it was crazy while he was yes. there. So I was working on Alice the Musical last year in um, in Northern Ireland, and he was in Minneapolis doing a, <laughs> um, a kids show called Mr. Popper's Penguins. Oh yes, which is based on the book, um, um, which I believe actually is a Canadian book. Now that I think about it, I know anyway. the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, there was a movie, and it's been on Broadway yeah. and stuff. So this was the he did that. Um, and this year, the, the show uh, Peter Pan came up, and I was casting it, and I realised he was available, and we sort of talked about it, and um, yeah, so it's, it's it's worked out very well. I'm delighted. It very very rarely happens that we end up doing the same project. That's cool. Yeah, my my lady friend said she would never want to be in a show that I direct, just because oh, really? yeah. I don't think she would. I don't think she could just be in it. She's she's not a professional actor, so she just does it for fun. So yeah. I don't think she she just doesn't know how she would react if I was directing her. How was how the how's it work for you guys? Well, I mean, I'm just thinking back. I mean, you know, we did um, Christopher and I've done I don't know five different shows together um, over the years. Um, and uh, it was fine, and I'm assuming that just because we <laughs> happen to have been married in the meantime, that, that won't yeah. that won't alter. He's very professional, and you know, and and the, the nice thing about it is he's also been here while I've been creating the show. So in a sense, he has a bit of a an idea and a bit of a flavour of what I'm looking at, and you know, in terms of visual designs and all of that kind of thing. So he gets a bit more of an insight to the show than kind of a regular cast member would, oh, which sure. is good for me because I could bounce ideas off him as well. 
yeah um, which is very handy but um and if it doesn't work out in rehearsals then it's just uh, you know divorce that's <laughs> so, so nothing big <laughs> nothing just, nothing to worry about yeah there. exactly <laughs> that's funny was there anything else you, you have any any ideas for shows that are in your head right now that um you know, might be coming up in the future or are you, you've mostly focusing on Peter Pan and uh, the new show. Cause, cause I know for me, you never know where inspiration is going to hit, right? You, you never really know. You never then, know. Yeah. Cause I've got a couple in the pipeline that I'm starting to work on that are fleshing out and I wasn't planning on doing any of that stuff. So anything for you that, uh, there's a, there's a few things bubbling. Um, I mean, the nice thing, I guess I've been very lucky over the years in as much as what tends to happen is people tend to come to me with ideas and get me to write them. So in my, in my case, I never know who's about to approach me <laughs> with an idea, which is, you know, the exciting thing. I mean, the, the one I'm working on for next year is, um, I don't know, you might know there's a British comedian called Spike Milligan. Spike Maybe. Milligan was on the radio. Some of the listeners will know Spike. He was on the radio. Yeah. He did the Goon Show. Okay, the Goon um, Show. Yes. Yeah, he was sort of, and he wrote a series of war diaries. Um, the first was called Adolf Hitler: My Part in His Downfall, <laughs> uh, which is a best-selling book. And the Spike Milligan Production Company have come to me and asked me to adapt that for the stage. So that again was an example of me not expecting that project to land on my lap but then them coming to me with it. So who knows what's around the corner? I mean, I, I'm going to spend you know, the rest of this year in the company of Peter Pan and Captain Hook and most of next year in the company of Adolf Hitler. I just need to look around for the next, the next icon. There's a combination. You know, I, I mustn't, mustn't get the two things mixed up or else no. there'll be some very disturbed parents at Christmas. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they're both comedies in a sense. You know, the, Peter Pan's just a comedy. It's an adventure story, but it yeah. has a lightness and lightness of touch. And, um, you know, Spike Milligan's Adolf Hitler book is, is extraordinarily funny about his sort of experiences in, as, a, as a very young man being sort of drafted into the war. And he was a trumpeter before he became a sort of famous comedian and what have you. And it's a beautiful story. So they, they're both adventure stories and they're both projects that came to me. Um, and, you know, you just have to be open to that. And we'll, we'll see what comes around the corner next. Of course, you saying this, now you're going to get all these unsolicited um, ideas thrown at you through Twitter and your Facebook page and, and your website. People are just going to say, hey, how about this? How about this? Sure. Well, listen, that's fantastic because yeah. that's how, you know, it saves me a whole lot of trouble. Um, of course, some of it might be questionably good. And... You, know, you don't have to answer them all, I suppose. True. It, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of nice to, um, I guess, particularly in the UK and, and particularly even more so in Ireland where I'm kind of known for work people know what kind of projects would suit me and not yeah. i mean the lyric you to approach me about peter pan and in the same way the spike milligan productions knew to approach me about and um, spike's work i'd adapted one of his works for the stage some years before so uh, yeah I'm, i mean hopefully i won't get anything suggested that i can't you know it might make me blush <laughs> or um but then I guess when you've written a show called Molly Wobbly's Tit Factory. Yeah. What, a... what, yeah. What, how, what, you know, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much anything goes at that point. Nice. Tell us a little bit more about Peter Pan, when it is, where it is, how to get tickets. And um, so the listeners who are in Ireland will be able to uh, do that. Absolutely. So listen, this is, I mean, it's very, very exciting. The, the Peter Pan, the musical. So this has been done in association with Great Ormond Street Hospital 
children's charity who are the rights owners of Peter Pan in the UK. We've got a fantastic arrangement that doesn't doesn't um, doesn't uh, happen anywhere else in the world. J.M. Barry, when uh, in 1929, donated all of the performance rights, all of the publishing rights to Peter Pan to Great Ormond Street Hospital for Children wow. in London. Wow. So er- any production of Peter Pan in the UK has to be sanctioned. And so this is an official new musical version of Peter Pan that we're very excited about. It opens at the Lyric Theatre in Belfast from the 29th of November, runs through to the 4th of January. If you want to look up some information about it, the website address is very simple. It's lyrictheatre.co.uk. So lyrictheatre.co.uk. Uh, we'll give you all the information about Peter Pan. There's a few other sneaky bits of information on my own website, yeah. which is just paulboydmusic.com. Look up Peter Pan there. Um, yeah, and uh, we're you know we're very much looking forward to doing it. There's a few little videos and things you can look and check out yes. who's in the cast and all of that kind of stuff that's coming up. Very cool. Yeah, we're promoting it um, on our Twitter feed. It goes out, I think, every few days, every three or four days. Just reminding people, check out Peter Pan. And, no, and it's fantastic. The lovely thing is for UK listeners, for sort of British listeners as well, mm-hmm. the, the travel between uh, the mainland UK and, and Northern Ireland is so fantastic that we have, and because we've got some West End names in the, in the show, we've got a lot of people traveling over to see the show. So it's not even just people on the island of Ireland. We're also inviting all of our British fans to, to come and catch the show too. Yeah, I. The more I speak with you guys over there, I'm like, I now I have to come over. I have yeah, to, you like, do. I'm going to New York in a couple of weeks because a that's by bus, so it's way easier. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in the in, in the next year, I gotta get over there. The the more I'm doing this, the more I'm speaking to people like yourself and and just the extraordinary work you're putting on. I, I've got to get over. And see there's this. a lot to see. There's a lot. To, if you time it right, there's a lot of shows to see at once, which is a fantastic trip for anyone. Well, what, what just on a side note, what would you recommend timing wise? Like what time of the year would be best? Do you think that has the most impact for new shows or is it just luck of the draw? Well, I think, you know, this time of year, uh, between now and Christmas time is a great time to visit. Uh, I've got a few friends who live in New York, theatre professionals who live in New York who tend to come and visit this time of year that's because they get to see the shows that have opened at the beginning of the autumn that are still running in the West End and also of course the new batch of shows family entertainments and traditional pantomime and all of that kind of thing that happen here in the run-up to Christmas it's kind of a I mean if you came to the West End right now we've got some fantastic shows we've got Ian McKellen doing his one-man show down at the comedy theater in town which I was at the other night which was just fabulous these are once in a lifetime experiences Um, and a, and a tremendous uh, host of West End shows running at the moment. There's no, none of them have been given notices. Everything's happening quite nicely. And we've got everyone gearing up for Christmas productions, which, you know, some of them open in a few weeks time. Yeah. So I always think late autumn is a really good time to come and visit. Also, I know I'm talking to potential tourists, but there are fewer <laughs> tourists, which helps everybody, you know, yeah. in the summer, it can be a bit chaotic. Yeah. Okay. I will have to keep that in mind. My, my lady friend's a teacher, so it makes it a little bit difficult to get over here yeah. and with my kids and everything, but uh, I'll figure it out. But it's good to know. I, I'll have to come <laughs> over at some point. All right. Well, I know you're really busy with Peter Pan and the, putting the boxes together and everything else <laughs> yeah. you're doing. Um, so Paul, thank you for taking a little bit of time out of, of your day to uh, just catch up and reconnect. 
with the listeners and myself. No problem. Anytime. I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Paul. All right, everybody. That again was Paul Boyd. Make sure you check out Peter Pan, the musical. If you're in Northern Ireland near the Lyric theater uh, in December, for sure. That's when it's all running. Uh, Again, my name is Jean-Paul Yovanoff. Tune in again next time for more guests and guests here on Be Our Guest on Musical Theater Radio. It was so great to catch up with Paul and hear about his new show, Peter Pan, and see what he is doing in the future. I can't wait to uh, talk to him again and uh, find out what's going on then. All right, up next is our interview with Billy Reese. So here we go. Good day, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of Be Our Guest here on Musical Theatre Radio. I'm so excited because I'm actually in New York doing on-remote location interviews and and i've got a fantastic person sitting across from me in this i'm not even sure what it is it's called the people's forum it's kind of like a co-op type drop in i don't know it's very cool it's very new york the cafe is broken down today but uh, other than that it's great that is the voice of our guest we haven't even introduced yet so let's do that right now let me introduce the the talented and mysterious billy reese billy thank you for coming out thank you so much for having me it's great to be here awesome great first question i guess on site are you mysterious I tend to be mysterious. It's whatever the people want, the people who are signing the checks want, you know? Totally understand. (laughs) Awesome. All right, I always start my interviews first with a 30-second bio. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I am a uh, composer, lyricist, uh, playwright, and sometimes uh, performer um, of uh, musical theater. Um, I I got my start with a musical called Balloon Boy, the musical, um, and I've since released... Uh, my debut album, The Perks of Being a Snowflake, and I'm currently represented off-Broadway with a musical about Star Wars, which I wrote the uh, music and lyrics for. Very cool. I, I so wanted to see Star Wars, but it just didn't fit into my schedule. Get it one of these days. One of these days, you know. Awesome. So uh, let's take it right back to the beginning. Have you always been into musical theater, or is that something that grew in, on you later in life? Yeah, so I grew up in a very musical family. Um, uh, my dad played trumpet, and my mom you know, sang opera and everything. Um, and I also uh, was fortunate enough to grow up on Long Island, so I was about an hour away from the city. Um, so I was always sort of able to come in and see stuff. Um, so I, I sort of got the bug at a very young age. I started um, as a child actor, um, which sort of implies, it sounds like I booked things by saying I was a child actor, <laughs> which I didn't. But, um, but uh, from there, I just sort of um, found a love of uh, writing musicals, you know. Um, I started in fourth grade, and I would, you know, write these musicals and have the the, the melodies in my head, um, writing them out in like math class, you know. Um, and from there, I, you know, I took piano lessons and I learned how to notate music. Um, and uh, I I was fortunate enough to be able to start at a very young age. Yeah. Can you still play that first song? Oh, you don't want me to play that first song. Not, not, not yet. No, no, no. Maybe after the first Tony nomination. Then, you know, once we've reached that level. But I, I think it'll hurt my career rather than help, than help it at this point. You know? So the musical autobiography of Billy Reese. We'll start the open show with exactly, that one. Exactly, exactly, yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I, I will not write the book, though, for that one. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to the guys who did Beautiful, and then we'll talk. Very yeah. nice. Uh-huh. Very good. <laughs> so... Growing up, what was the first show you saw that influenced you into going, I, this is what I want to do? Sure, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> the first uh, Broadway musical that I saw was Beauty and the Beast. Um, 
and uh, at the time uh, it was stunt casting. It was, I guess, about to close in a few years, um, and they had Donny Osmond as Gaston. <laughs> um, and my mother uh, was a big Donny Osmond fan growing up, as as many uh, women of the '70s were, you know. Um, so so we you know got the family together and we came into the city. Um, I was maybe seven or eight at the time. Um, and it was just a, an experience like no other, you know. Um, I was singing along, um, and I was, you know, hit by the person next to me and told I'm not allowed to sing along in the theater, which, you know, that's why it's so magical. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I really um, have to thank Donny Osmond for getting me into the theater, you know, that he's, he, it all goes back to him, all goes back to him, to a lesser extent, Marie, but, you know. Understandable. I actually saw Donny Osmond as Joseph in Toronto. Oh. Mike, well, that's a legendary production, and the film. I, you know, to get off on a tangent, I yep. think the Potiphar sequence in that film is one of the best musical numbers in any movie musical, one hundred percent. And uh, Dame Joan Collins as Miss Potiphar, incredible! It's incredible. That that film truly was a big influence on me. I will say that that was the like DVD. It was like a, a, a burnt DVD that we would play in my mom's minivan everywhere we went. You know, so I got that movie memorized, choreography and everything. I kind of want to see this, this choreography. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a, a, a video that we'll um, send out to your mailing list, all right? Nice. Very nice. I can't wait to see that. So so you, you, you got hooked at Beauty and the Beast and Donny Osmond. Sure. Um, then where did you go from there? Did you, did you do shows in high school? Yeah. Did you start doing stuff uh, like community or do other things? Yeah, I started acting at a very young age. I was probably around the same time um, as when I saw that show. Um, and I, you know, I would do these uh, um, all children's productions of shows. Probably started, yeah, when I was eight. The first show was The Wizard of Oz. I was the Tin Man. Um, I was terrible in it, mind you, of course. <laughs> um, my mother always likes to remind me how um, for every single line I would be uh, looking off stage as though there were like a cue card. I don't know what the deal was, why I was doing that. You know, there was some sort of motivation, I'm sure. Maybe the Tin Man's uh, neck was like rusted solid, like to the left, you know, something like that. Maybe you just wanted to be an SNL. Maybe. Well, yeah, we're working on it. Okay. We're working on it, all right? <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so I had been performing for a long time. Um, and, uh, and when I got to high school, um, I sort of, you know, I really always considered myself an actor growing up. I always thought that was what I wanted to do. But when I got to high school, um, I had a very supportive um, uh, a theater teacher who uh, knew that I liked to write, um, and thankfully the program was very writing-based in our high school. Um, so she would send out my stuff to different festivals and competitions and things for high schoolers, um, and that's sort of how my show Balloon Boy first got on the map. Um, and how I, you know, sort of realized maybe this is what I want to do. You know, maybe maybe I'll stick to my strengths. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so how did Bloom Boy do when you when you wrote it? How, how was that experience sure. being that first one of yours? Sure, sure, sure. So I wrote the first draft when I was in seventh grade of that show when the event actually happened. Yeah. Uh, did that make it to Canada? The the uh, story of the uh, the kid stuck in a homemade weather balloon. There you go. There yeah, you go. I did. I remember hearing about that. There you go. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, it, it has been my baby and it's been changing, you know, ever since, of course, but, um, but yeah, we, we actually did a production with a children's theater company when I was in eighth grade, uh, called Balloon Boy the Kazoozical, because at the time <laughs> I was not comfortable enough to notate the music. So the music director said, well, fine, we'll just use kazoos and slide whistles and like a dinky ass Yamaha keyboard, you know, and it was thrilling. It was like, it was very avant-garde, you know, very off, off Broadway, very downtown. 
Um, so um, <laughs> I hope there's a video recording of that too. There is, and the world will never see that one. <laughs> never, never, never. Well, they might. They might. You know, we'll see. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. So um, she had known that it was always something that I was working on, um, and uh, we recorded these demos in my high school musical theater class and and sent them out. Um, and um, you know, she sent it to. Um, this uh, uh, competition called Thespian Musical Works, which was a, a competition for high schoolers who wrote musicals, um, and the opening number would be performed at the International Thespian Festival in Lincoln, Nebraska. Bumblefuck nowhere, but it's like the best thing ever. Am I allowed to curse? Hells yeah. Great, 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 I mean, great. fucks yeah. Great, perfect, perfect. If not, bleep it out. But, um... <laughs> But um, but yeah, so it won this competition, and you know, me and my teacher went out to Lincoln, Nebraska, um, and performed this um, for you know uh, thousands of high schoolers from across the country. I mean, it really, it like, I can't recommend that festival for young high schoolers enough. Like that is like that is the sense of community that you need as like a nerdy theater person to just be around 3,000 kids who are all singing I presume be more chill not more Heathers or something you know yeah. whatever is in now you know at the time I don't know at the time it was probably Book of Mormon but nah, yeah, you know still good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's still good still good oh, yeah. but um, but yeah and so you know and, and it was such a great experience and I got to workshop parts of it with Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman which is like wow. you know I, there was this moment where you know I, I sat down with them for an hour and because they were the keynote speakers and, and Mark sat down with the people piano and was playing my stuff and like tinkering with piano parts that are like still in the show so that was like a really formative experience for me how surreal is it was that? so because they're like my heroes you wow. know that's like the kind of stuff that i want to write you know they're so wonderful yeah um but um but yeah and then from there there was a um a high school that was attending a theater troupe um that was from the town in colorado where the balloon boy event actually happened and they said we want to do this for our you know uh, uh, fall musical so I was like, all right, why not, you know, and it just, because of the nature of the show, got a lot of attention, you know, we, we were on, you know, NPR and, and, you know, CNN and, and Fox News, yes, even Fox News. Wow. Um, I know, I know. Yeah, you know, I'll take it for that, you know. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> they have their moments. Exactly. Well, okay. when they're reporting on Balloon Boy, it's fine, you know. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, you know, and, and it really was the most like a rock star that a gay kid from Long Island at 16 years old is going to feel like, you know. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was a really surreal experience, yeah. But wow, very cool. A whirlwind year, yeah, for sure. So you graduated from high school. Did you go to a college or university for theater? Sure, yeah. So I just graduated from Fordham University in May. Um, I studied playwriting. Um, and I knew, you know, growing up um, on Long Island so much of, um, you know, I, I knew that I needed to be close to the city. Um, so, or, or, you know, in the city. So that's why I went to Fordham. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, you know, it's the center of everything. And, you know, you got to be here. Um, and... Um, yeah, so so I've gotten a lot of opportunities just by sort of being in the center of it all and sort of being able to to, to get a leg up um, at an early age. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's it's hard to top uh, meeting the guy Mark and uh, <laughs> it's like once once you hit there, where have have you met anybody more famous than that after that? I I have a Stephen Sondheim story, wow. but you know it was not a pleasant story. <laughs> I don't I don't want to speak ill of anybody, but we'll, we'll use a different name then. Use. Yeah, uh, Stephanie uh -huh, uh, yeah. Stephanie J. Block yeah uh -huh, that's yes, the that's yeah, uh -huh. it doesn't sound like yeah exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> you know he 
He just didn't want to take a picture with a young 13-year-old um, Billy at The Lion starring Linda Lavin intermission. You know, it's it, we're fine, we're fine. It was I just was not able to listen to a little night music for a month because I was so disheartened. But other than that, it was fine. You know, I, I have been very lucky to meet a lot of my heroes and, and to, you know, honestly work with a lot of my heroes, um, which has just really been, you know, the best. And, and again, it's, it's just because, you know, um, just because I was able to start at a young age, you know, so... Yeah, very cool. So, <coughs> on our station, we play uh, perks of uh, being a snowflake. Tell us a little bit about that, how it came about, yeah. um, the inspiration for it. Sure. So, I um, had started doing a, a concert series of all sort of political and, and comedy songs. I'm really influenced by the works of Randy Newman and Tom Lehrer, um, all these sort of wry, sarcastic fellas playing songs at the piano, you know. Um, and um, and I got I got a grant from Fordham University uh, to uh, record my debut album, um, and uh, so we just sort of uh, uh, put a combination um, a compilation of all these songs from this concert series together, um, and um, and got all my friends together. I mean, that's really what I love about my Snowflake concerts is that um, they're really familial. You know, we have a really nice sense of community. There's about twenty of us sort of in this troupe. You know, yeah. and um, that's what I. I just really wanted to include everybody and, and just sort of um, uh, uh, make a, a record of our time together in school, you know, doing these songs that I wrote, um, you know, with, with these great musicians, great singers, and great friends of mine, you know. So, yeah, and, and, you know, these are all sort of songs that we still do at these concerts every now and then, um, but I'm, I'm mostly proud of it as sort of a time capsule of sort of the time that we have spent together, you know, making music together. Yeah. Is, is it the type of show that um, is going to live beyond you? Did you want it to, um, you know, go out and be done by other people? Or is this more um, a personalized show that it, it's great, yeah. but you're not sure if it's going to sure. go out? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, what, what's great about them is that they're songs that sort of uh, can exist within the context of this concert song cycle um, and or, or can be sung elsewhere, you know. And that's one of the best things is, is seeing, you know, people that I don't know in, you know, a, Japan, you know, singing singing one of the songs from the album, you know. Yeah. So, so that's sort of what I love is, is how they do sort of stand alone. Um, I, I think they are sort of in conversation um, with each other as part of a larger narrative, of course. But, um, but yeah, what what really brings me the most joy is is seeing people whom I don't know singing these songs. Um, so, so yeah. So I think yeah. that is the the most future life for right now for the snowflake song series <laughs> but again you know they're always popping up in concerts so so the, the snowflakes will live on you know <laughs> <laughs> well you know what let's i'm gonna if you're on the radio and you're listening let's listen to one of the songs Great. which one of the songs did you send me that you'd love for the people to hear oh god well um unironic love song is one of my favorites um just because I, it really does feel like the biggest culmination um, of, of um, this snowflake group, you know. It's the most joyous for me, um, and it lets me have a little melodica solo, so that's, that's why we like it. You know, it's all for the melodica. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So our listeners on the radio, we're going to play a song from Billy Reese, and then we'll hit a commercial, and then we'll be right back. We're going to learn about his Star Wars show. If you are listening on the podcast... Ignore everything, and we're just going to go right into the Star Wars show. All right. This is Jean-Paul Yovanoff on uh, Be Our Guest, and we're going to be listening to something from Billy Reese on Musical Theatre Radio. 
We are back here on Be Our Guest on Musical Theater Radio. I am your host. Once again, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. If you were listening on the radio, we just heard a wonderful song by Billy Reese. If not, and you're listening on the podcast, why aren't you listening on the radio? <laughs> you're going to miss all this great music. Thank you for listening on the podcast, but that's okay. So we are sitting here with Billy Reese. Thank you, Billy, for uh, coming out um, and taking some of your time to uh, talk to me today. Oh, my God, of course. It's been a pleasure. All right, so we are going to talk about Star Wars. Everybody almost loves Star Wars. <laughs> Not everybody, <laughs> almost, everybody. almost everybody. So how did, how did this Star Wars musical sure. begin? And tell us about the journey. Yeah, so I was always a Star Wars fan growing up. I grew up in a very Star Wars household. My dad was a big fan. You know, my mom had uh, Donny Osmond. My dad had Star Wars, you know. <laughs> That's it. But, um, but, you know, uh, um, I, I even wrote, like, my college common app essay uh, about Revenge of the Sith, you know. So, so I, was a, I was a fan, you know. Um, <laughs> Um, I uh, I met the producer um, of a uh, musical about Star Wars um, at a conference we were both teaching at on Long Island, um, and he was saying that he was working on a musical about Star Wars, aptly titled A Musical About Star Wars. Um, and, um, and, you know, I said I would love to spec some songs for it. So, you know, so that's what I did. Um, just And being a fan, it was like the perfect project. It was the, the intersection of, you know, my two interests, you know. I like nothing else, only musicals and Star Wars. Um, and, um, and yeah, so, so I was hired to write the score for it. Um, and we opened, we started previews in March, um, and we're still going. We're releasing our cast album uh, November 8th, which is really exciting. My first, you know, real cast album, which is awesome. Um, thank you, thank you. Um, but yeah, it's been a really fun journey. Um, what I love about it is that the fans really love it. You know, that, that we that we are are able to sort of appeal to these people who might not normally go to see musicals but walk away our best friends. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit what's, what's the plot. Can you give away a bit Oh, of the I plot? can give away the plot. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, absolutely. Sure. Don't ruin it for me. You know. <laughs> um, it was a dream the whole time. Um, <laughs> It's uh, about these two super fans who put on a musical about Star Wars, um, and uh, uh, in the midst of this, they hire um, a, a recent AMDA graduate, um, a, a young uh, activist named Emily, um, to come uh, and uh, play the female track in the show. Um, and uh, sort of halfway through the opening number, we realize that she is in this as a protest to sabotage the show, take it down, and prove to the world that Star Wars is sexist buffoonery, you know? <laughs> um, so, uh, so sort of for the rest of the show, um, there is a clause in her contract. Um, you know, she can't break the union rules, um, and uh, they have to convince her that uh, Star Wars is the greatest thing in the galaxy, much better than Star Trek. Um, and if they can't convince her by the end, then she is free to leave, um, and her protest is a success. So it's, it's just a really fun time where basically we're able to just geek out about Star Wars for 90 minutes, you know, in song, of course. Very, very cool. Now, did you have to worry about any of the rights or anything like that, or is it because it's kind of a parody you can... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's for use because we are talking about Star Wars. We're not just, you know, reciting the plot or yeah. anything. Everything um, is, is, is um, a conversation about Star Wars, you know? Yeah. So there's no Wookiee talk or anything like that? Well, we got a little Wookiee talk, but it's our own Wookiee talk. Okay. You know, we're not we're not quoting any any uh, Wookiee talk from the movie. You know, if you translate it, it's not the same lines. You know, there you go. But um, <laughs> but but at the end of the day, it's about uh, it's about fandom and it's about sort of the sense of community that Star Wars has, has uh, created. Um, yeah. 
So which is the best Star Wars movie? Oh my god. All right. Well, obviously it's Empire Strikes Back. Of course. There's there's no no competition. But I will say, and this is a hot take, I loved The Last Jedi. I think it was the se- the second best one since, you know, The Empire Strikes Back. Um, and we're very excited for The Rise of Skywalker. Absolutely. <laughs> Are you a fan? Do you know Star Wars? I I've been part of Star Wars since I was a kid. I'll, I'll tell you, sorry, make you jealous. Please. My parents couldn't afford the, the plastic toys in the in the eighties, the, the stuff like that. Uh-huh. So they built out of wood. A Death Star, a Cantina, a Hoth Planet, an Ewok Village, and a three-story Cloud City with a working elevator. Do you have pictures of this stuff? I don't, but we still have like five of them at home. Oh my, it would take pictures of those when you get a chance. I would love to see those. Oh my God. Because they were like, they had a, the, in the Death Star, it was round, had a working trash compactor, so people fell in down. It was. Oh my God. Yeah, it was so much better than any of the plastic yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's a lot better. Yeah. That's, oh yeah. Oh my God, that's incredible. I know. Wow. Were, were your parents like set designers or something? That's my thrilling. mom was just good at drawing and wow. building stuff because they built their own house, so they were good at that. Okay, sort of thing, there you but, go. Yeah. That's that's impressive. You got me beat there, you know. Yeah, I, so I, yeah, I've been a Star Wars fan, but now the real question is, and this is going to be controversial: mm-hmm. yes or no to Jar Jar? I mean, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I grew up in an age, you know, I I, I was the right age for Jar Jar. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I, w- I was born in '97, so I'm a baby. I am Jar Jar's target audience. Yeah. I never hated Jar Jar growing up. In the years since, and doing my research for a musical about Star Wars, I can safely say I am anti-Jar Jar, but I, I understand, you know, where the Jar Jar lovers come from. And, and there, there is much Jar Jar talk in a musical about Star Wars, so there's Jar Jar jargon, of course. Nice. Yeah, I'm a Jar Jar guy. I don't, that's I don't fine. care. That's yeah. fine. You're allowed to be. It's a free, it's a free country. Welcome, welcome to the States. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I really mess with my kids, so I tell them that... And they believe me for half a second that uh, Jar Jar in the universe, they didn't realize that Jar Jar is the stepdad of Han Solo. Is that canon? That's, uh, you know. You can't disprove it. You can't disprove it. We'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> we'll, we'll add that line to the show. No, thank, you. thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah, you'll, you'll get a, a very small royalty check every four years for that. You know? I will use those 18 cents. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which I believe is in Canadian forty nine dollars. So I will take well, it. Well, boom! There you go. Thank God. We gotta we gotta take the show to Canada. Oh man. So being being in New York, uh, we're gonna switch gears. What what shows have you been seeing that have been blowing you away? And which shows did you miss? Do you, like do you get a lot of shows? Do you get to see a lot of shows? I do get to see a lot. Um, you know, every everything that. It, um, that opens, I, I basically get a chance to see. Although I still haven't seen Hamilton. I'm like, I'll see it one day. You know, one day. It's brilliant. You know, the, the, the CD is fabulous, but yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Um, no, I mean, I, I grew up, um, the musicals that I really loved were musicals that um, a 12-year-old should not have loved, you know. So, so I grew up on a lot of cast albums and, yeah. like, and bootlegs, you know. Yeah. Um, like the works of, like, Bill Finn, I really love, you know. Um, so Falsettos was my favorite musical in high yeah. school. Um, so to be able to see that revival, like, that was one of, like, the most, like, incredible things for me because, you know, it was a show that I had never seen live, but I had it, you know, mm. all out in my yes. head. And then to see it visualized, you know, that, that one was, like, a really special one recently. Um, and, you know, there are some really great new musical theater writers out there. Um, I really like the work of Joe Iconis, you know, um, and I, I love his, his, you know, his family, as he calls it. Um, I, I think he's just a, a really brilliant um, uh, uh, 
not just songwriter, but he's able to encapsulate character in, in song that uh, very few writers can right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved Scotland, PA. We were just talking about yes. that. You know, um, I think Adam Guan is brilliant. Um, and you know what, what's sort of great right now, and, and where I sort of pinch myself, um, is that a lot of these these people who are writing musicals, um, we're we're sort of all in in the same uh, circle right now, which yeah. is which is really exciting for me to sort of be able to you know talk to these guys as 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 peers, you know. But yeah, yeah, it's like it's so kind of weird. Yet sometimes it's like you sit in there and you're going, "Am I? Oh, am I Abs- here? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, but that's the thing where you know at the end of the day, I feel like we all sort of got into theater because of the sense of community that was around it. We found people who were like us, yeah. you know. Um, and, and that was the thing for me growing up. I, at the end of the day, just really wanted to be a part of this community, you know, because you can just see how, how loving it is. And, you know, there's there's obviously a lot of bitchery and, and whatnot. But, <laughs> what in yeah, theater? I know, I wow. know, truly. But, um, but you know, but, uh, it was just a community that I always wanted to be a part of and, and to sort of be a small part of it, you know, is, is really, it really is. I, I do have yeah. to pinch myself, you know, a lot of times. Because you're, you're still young, right? I'm still young, you so know. So in 20 years, you're going to be the ones that they're looking up to. Well, you know, and... that's the thing. that all, all I can really hope for, honestly, is, is to inspire people. You know, if I can inspire, like, one little gay kid on Long Island in 20 <laughs> years, then I did my job, you know. But, yeah. And then when they come up to you at an intermittent, for a signature, you just say no. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Much like Stephanie J. Block, you know. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> too much. Too much. But yeah, there, there's been a lot of great theater recently. Um, I loved SpongeBob. Did you guys? I haven't seen it. I think it's coming in Toronto um, later this year, so I might try and catch it. It's so fun. I mean, and that too. That goes. I saw it three times. That goes back to really? one of those. Yeah. Wow. It goes back to one of those things where like. And we got into theater because it was fun, and it was just like the the most fun time, you know. Yep. Oh, so good, so good. My favorite kind of shows are the ones where you want to jump up and join the cast on stage, you know. <laughs> so that was just like the the peak of that, you know. Was there any shows you saw you you went in going eh, okay, and then went holy crap? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Um, you know, I. I don't want to speak ill of any shows beforehand, <laughs> no, but but I you know I will say right now we are sort of in this period where um, the movie to musical adaptation is really prevalent. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of shows that I think you know there's no bad idea for a musical at the end of the day if the story sings and it sings you know yeah. um, and and you can still make a, a well construct a constructed musical that stands on its own you know um, outside of being based on a movie you know yeah. so there have been a, a, a bunch of sort of movie-to-musical adaptations recently where I've been like, oh, great, another one. But then they're honestly just brilliant musicals. I, I thought Tootsie was a really smart adaptation, you know? Yeah. Um, I, you know, there's a, there's a bunch. But there, there really have been some really nice surprises in these past couple of seasons, which has been nice. I mean, SpongeBob was one, honestly, you know? It's like, yeah, I wasn't thunk? sure about that. Yeah, who'd have thunk, you know? Um, but it's, it was just fun, man, <laughs> you know? It was exactly what it wanted to be, you know? And that's, that's the other thing, too. I, I think we sort of have to judge musicals um, we don't have to judge every musical like it's going to be the next Hamilton you know we have to yep. judge them based on their intentions and what they're setting out to be you know yep. um, and that was one that I think just sort of encapsulated um, its vision perfectly you know yeah very cool very cool um, 
Is there anything you want to talk about? I'm putting our stuff. <laughs> We've kind of talked about everything. Yeah. Um, so tell us when is Star Wars? How long is it going to be running for? And all that sort of thing. Right now, so Star Wars is an open run right now. Um, uh, I, I think we tickets are on sale through January. Um, and uh, yeah, the cast album is coming out November eighth. So everybody stream by if you can. Sure. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you know, and, and I'm working on a bunch of different drafts of things right now. So hopefully in the new year we'll have some stuff to plug. And uh, you know, I'll, I'm always doing concerts too. So you know, check those out uh, <laughs> next time you're in town. Well, if you, whenever you have something going on, let me know. I will promote the hell of it on our Twitter site and on the radio station, everything like that. Because I believe that this community needs to help each other and support each other, especially people like yourself who are just. I don't want to use the word just starting out. No, but, but it's true. It's true. You know, at yeah. the end of the day, I am. You know, I mean, Star Wars is is great, but it's a small off Broadway show. You know, um, and um, you know, it, it's it's always great, honestly, to find supportive people like you who support. You know, not just the big guys, but the little guys um, who are just trying to get their voices out there. So, you know, yep. keep doing what you're doing, truly. Thank you. I was in your place in the early 2000s. I'm <laughs> getting my show out, and I didn't have any of this options of no online stuff, no any of that. So, I mean, now is the time to, to be making theater. I really believe. I mean, now is the time to be making anything, you know? Um, I mean, you look at all this streaming stuff. I mean, that it's, yes. it's the best time to be doing it and getting your work out there. And, and that's, you know, what I tell people, like, you know, not to say, you know, I'm, I'm still a baby, but there are people younger than me yes. who come up to me and say, you know, how can I get my stuff out there? And I say, honestly, YouTube, like record your friends singing one of your songs and yeah. just get it out there and, and just tag the shit out of people, you know, um, that it's it's really the best time to be making stuff, you know, but yep. very true. Very true. So. I end all interviews with my three questions. Oh, boy. Yes. Oh, so, boy. So it's a test. Okay. All right. So the first question, and there's no right or wrong answers, but there's a wrong answer. All right. I'm so, getting nervous. <laughs> okay. So first question. Easy one. Great. Sondheim or Weber? Oh, dear. All right. I <laughs> There are no right or wrong, but there are hard questions. Okay, luck. Um, <laughs> I think... Um, Weber is a master melodist where he falters obviously he, he's not a perfect dramatist but you know his melodies are soaring I just read his autobiography recently mm-hmm. too which I have such a newfound respect for him you know it, I just love how he still thinks highly of the work he did when he was 21 you know and as a 21 year old like I think that's really yeah. refreshing to see um, but Growing up and, you know, being a, 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 a snotty high schooler who collected every cast album, you know, and being very proud of the fact that I was the only person in my middle school who saw Little Night Music starring Bernadette Peters, <laughs> I, I may have to go with Sondheim. So, that's the long answer. <laughs> well, the, honestly, this one has no right or wrong answer. It's, it's been 50-50 down the middle. And there you go. Because they're completely different, right? Completely different. So Completely different. No worries. Yeah. All right. Question number two, and you might already kind of said something like this. Uh-huh. Um, what's been worse for the musical theater community, jukebox musicals or movies to musicals? Sure. I mean, look, at the end of the day, again, there's, there's no such thing as a bad idea for a musical, you know, and there are plenty of um, well-executed jukebox musicals. You know, for me, um, I don't see as much value because you don't have a songwriter. You're not, you know, they're, you're not hiring um, a songwriter. And a lot of these... Jukebox musicals, um, they fail when their songs um, are not, uh, 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 don't function as theatrical texts, you know? Um, 
So it, it's not so much a matter of, of what's worse. You know, obviously, both are employing people in the community, and that's wonderful. But for me as a songwriter, I will have to say, you know, there's no role for me in a jukebox musical, you yeah. know. but Unless you're on stage performing it. Unless you're, you know, when they make the Randy Newman jukebox musical, <laughs> then call me, all right? I thought the Billy Reese jukebox musical. It's coming, it's coming. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts, uh, <laughs> lights up on a seven-year-old Billy watching Donny Osmond in Beauty and the Beast. That's how it starts. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is there any part for Donny Osmond in this musical? Well, you know, we got to get it out quick because he's getting up there, but, but we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe he could play Sondheim who snubs you. There you go. Oh, oh, my God. This is getting emotional. Oh, my God. Well, let's call up the Pulitzer Committee. Come on. I'm on it. As soon as this interview is done, I'm giving them a call. Exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. Question number three, and the final and most important question okay. of them all. All right. Eating food in the theater, yes or no? Absolutely. I mean, I it, look, here's the thing. I, you know, I'm, I'm uh, of... I'm a certain a certain artist who uh, <laughs> you can edit some of this and jumble out. But <laughs> no, everything's live. This is like Perfect. theater. Perfect. Whatever happens, happens. Perfect. Um, so much of the work I do is in you know supper clubs and you know places where there where there's clinking drinks and you know uh, 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 subpar mac and cheese being served. So <laughs> so I, I sort of have gotten used to the clinking of the plates during during a performance. But I also think, you know, theater should be joyful and jolly. And, you know, like, if you want to, like, enjoy your fucking peanut M&Ms during the show, go ahead, you know. If you want to have a margarita during the show, that is fine. Like, it means you'll laugh louder. And I just can't stand a quiet laugher. So absolutely, you know, as whatever. I, I get some people, you know, want theater to be, everybody has to be very quiet, you know. But there's nothing live about that. What's great about theater is that we're all, you know, together in the same room. And we are all, you know, we're able to hear each other and react with each other, you know. So why not make it as living and breathing as possible? But Okay. Well, I'll admit you were the first one to say that. Well, look, you know, you don't have to have a, a, a lobster dinner, you know. You don't want a surf and turf in the theater, but, <laughs> well, you know, well, it depends, depends, yeah. you know. <laughs> if you're going to see Come From Away, have you a fish. You might as well, you might yeah. as well. My God, because who doesn't want the smell of fish wafting through the Bernard B. Jacobs Theater? <laughs> have you seen that show yet? Oh, I think it's wonderful. It's so wonderful. And it's such, like, it's tight. That's what I love about it. No fat, you know? Yeah. So good. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I've seen it twice in Toronto, and if I can see it again, I will. There you so. go. There you go. Well, that is it. That is the three questions. It wasn't too... It wasn't... It wasn't yeah. stressful, you know? I, I think I answered them all like a politician at the end of the day, but it's fine. It's fine. You know? <laughs> nice. All right. Well, we've been sitting here with Billy Reese um, here, and as you can hear, there's probably the sirens in the background of New York. Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> Um, so, Billy, again, thank you very much for coming out, sitting down and talking with me and uh, telling us a little bit about yourself and your show. Thank you so much for having me. I got to go. That ambulance is my ride. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. All right. So this, that was Billy Reese here on Be Our Guest on Musical Theater Radio. I am always your host, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. So come in next week and tune in again uh, on Saturdays for our uh, presentation on the radio station. And if you miss it, then you can always catch us on our podcast cast be our guest once again thank you for coming out and we will see you when we see you i had such a great time down in new york talking with billy and getting to know him he's got 
a bright future ahead of him. I hopefully uh, hope uh, Star Wars is still running when I get down there next time. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you for coming in and listening to us. This is Be Our Guest. I am still Jean-Paul Yovanoff, your host. So tune in next week when we have another guest or guests and we learn about their love, life, and passion. That is musical theater. Until then, I'll see you when I see you on Musical Theatre Radio. We love supporting and promoting the creators of musical theatre throughout the world, and we would love to have your support as well. Go to musicaltheatreradio.com and click on the Become a Patron button, because a supportive community is a strong community.